on today's episode of the Sports Blog New York podcast with your host, Peter Kennedy. That's me. I am joined by my good pal, Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio. I know you've heard of SB Nation before. Obviously, if you have a soul on Twitter, uh, anything, you're going to see it. There's tons of great writers, tons of great stuff there. What you didn't know, maybe is that they have a fantastic radio station there as well. And our guest today has his own show, The Jake Asman Show. Jake Asman, uh, SBNationRadio.com or the SB Nation Radio app. You can check out his show. Also, find him on Twitter so you know exactly when he's going on those airwaves. He's been hanging around outside a Houston Texans camp. Actually, I shouldn't say outside. He's very much inside. He's standing next to Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt in those press conferences. He has a good feel on them, and he has a good feel on the entire league. He's also a Jets guy for you Jets fans out there. He's a New Yorker at heart, but we lost him to Houston. He's on SB Nation Radio, but he's here on the Sports Blog New York podcast to do NFL over-under picks and also NFL Week 1 picks because, ladies and gentlemen, we made it. The football season is here. We got a taste for college last week, but now it's NFL. It's the big boys. Thursday night, Eagles and Falcons kicking us off, and then Sunday. The full slate looks exciting, and that's why I needed to have my man, Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio, here with me today. NFL over-unders, NFL Week 1 picks. Also, we sprinkled in some Yankees. We talked a whole lot of stuff, and it was a blast. So, Jake Asman, thank you so much. SBNY listeners, as you know, iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Pete Kennedy. Now all you got to do, sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and get ready for NFL Week 1 with us in the SBNY Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. Joining me today on this very awesome episode of the SBNY Podcast is my man, Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio. Jake, thanks so much for joining me today, man. I'm pumped to have you on. Pete, it's an absolute pleasure to be on with you, man. And uh, yeah, we got a chance to work together a little bit at the Fan and CBS Sports Radio, and uh, I'm glad we stayed in touch. I've always wanted to be on the podcast. Here we are. Yeah, and you you were nice enough to bring me on your your old show. Now the you have the Jake Asman show on SB Nation Radio, which is you know SBNationRadio.com, the SB Nation Radio app, all that. But way back in the day, a couple months ago, you had a different <laughs> show based out of New York, out in Long Island. That uh, you know, I did a little NBA draft hit on, and that was a blast. So we did, and you were all over the draft. You were a great guest, and uh, I'm glad we had you on. Hopefully, our Knicks with Kevin Knox got it right, and we'll certainly find out in uh, you know a few months from now. I like the pick. I like his uh, his attitude, but you know, it's the Knicks. You never know. Let's see what he can do. And something the listeners can't see, obviously, being an audio vehicle here, you're rocking the Puma hat right now. I am. You know what's so funny? So in addition to working for SB Nation Radio, I do a lot of uh, Texans coverage for the locally owned station here, ESPN 97.5. It's owned by the same company that owns SB Nation Radio. So all my hats are Yankee hats, Knicks hats, Jets hats. I didn't have any like neutral hats that I could wear when I'm outside in a thousand degree heat here in Houston. So I went over to a local Marshalls and I bought a Puma hat and Adidas hat and a Nike hat. And I'm like, oh, I'll be able to mix it up every day with just a generic logo hat I can wear. So I don't show up to Houston Texans practice rocking, you know, a New York Jets hat or anything from a, a New York team. I'm sure the Yankee hat. I feel like the Yankee hat probably flies like almost anywhere but Boston in the country. 
I don't know, man. They don't love the Yankees down here after the playoffs oh, last true. year. But, but my response to everyone is like, come on, you guys beat us. You know, they, they, you beat the Yankees. So there should be no animosity there. But uh, the Yankees aren't beloved down here. I will say it's probably a lot better here than it is if I'd be wearing the Yankee hat in Boston. That's for sure. That's true. And honestly, this is going to be just a forewarn. I probably, you know, said in the in the intro as well. This is a, a NFL podcast. We're going to do picks and we're going to talk some over unders and all this stuff. But the Yankees are a thing as well. They exist, and they're in like a race to the playoffs here. Uh, how much have you been able to follow with your trips to NRG Stadium in Houston, doing your own show down there? How much Yankees have you been able to consume, and are you happy right now? I am still able to consume as much as possible. It's kind of weird. So I'm in central time, obviously. The game started at 6, so that was the first adjustment, getting used to everything. And if I want to listen to our old station, the station you still work at, the fan or CBS Sports Radio, my, my internal clock is, oh, you know, I got to start – an hour backwards when these shows that I'm accustomed to hearing are starting. So that's been an adjustment. I've still been able to watch most of the games. I've had to work a couple nights and haven't been able to see, but I'm following from the phone. I like where the team is at. They obviously need to get healthy and listen, the goal is to win the division. That's not happening, but I will say this. If they could somehow just survive the wild card game, they get through it. I think in a short series, a best of five with the Red Sox, they have a very good chance of winning that series. I have a lot of confidence that, you know what, this bullpen, short series, all the pressure on Boston, they could be okay. So I have not lost confidence in the Yankees, even though it looks like they will be a wild card team and not win the division. And speaking of your former employer, you sound much happier than most of the people who happen to call into that station. <laughs> You're right. You know, you got to bring the optimism. We're on the Pete Kennedy podcast here. So you got to be excited, man. Uh, listen, it, it's been disappointing that they're not going to win the division. The four game sweep they had against the Red Sox a couple of weeks ago was brutal. Every game was more devastating than the last. But the reality is Boston's having an historic season. So if the Yankees were going to catch them. They would have to win 110 games, which just wasn't likely even when they were playing at their best. So they got to get healthy. Judge is still on the DL. They're going to get DD back soon. And when that happens, I still think they're as dangerous as any team in the American League. That's facts. I couldn't have said it better myself. And it's something that I will you know, relentlessly try to tell my Yankee fan friends who are going off the edge right now. But there's just some fans who don't want to hear it. They want to be in their misery. Something about fanhood. There's something nice about like when you're a Knicks fan, you can just sulk in your own sorrows and be miserable together with your other sorry friend, your fan friends. So I get why the Yankee fans, you know, you guys aren't used to this. So when you get it, you got to hold on to it. So then when you come back in the playoff series and you win and you beat the Red Sox, oh, I was confident all along. I always knew they were going to come out on top. I could hear it now. And I'm going to be like, no, you were crying like a month ago. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You have fans, and I'm not one of them. And I think most Yankee fans are not like this, but you have a very loud minority either on Correct. Twitter or just people you, you run into and whatnot. Fire Boone. He's terrible. Aaron Boone's going to win over 100 games as a rookie manager. You're not firing the manager. He's done a fine job. Have there been mistakes? Sure. But what should the Yankees' record be? That's always my response to people. Oh, you don't like Aaron Boone? Insert any manager, and what would their record be? It's ridiculous. The fact that the Red Sox are having an historic season – the Yankees are still going to win over 100 games, and you know what? It stinks to be in a wild card game. Anything can happen, but you'll have your ace on the mound. That game should be at Yankee Stadium. Win that game, and then you'll get your chance against the Red Sox once again. And I think my man Jake Asman may have convinced you already to check out his show on SBNationRadio.com, SBNation Radio app. I mean, that, that was fantastic explanation right there, but we're not here to talk baseball, Jake. We're not here to talk about baseball, even though that was a nice little tidbit. I enjoyed it very much because the NFL is here. This podcast will be released on Thursday. We're currently recording it Wednesday evening. First off, before we start talking over-unders and our picks for the week, because I can't wait to start talking some NFL picks, how excited are you? 
And obviously, you've been at the Texans camp a lot. You've been involved. You've been right there, standing next to J.J. Watt, next to Deshaun Watson. I'm sure you got the itch a while ago, but how hyped are you for this season? I'm so excited. Man. I love football. As much as I love the Yankees, football is my favorite sport. The Yankees might be my favorite team, but there's nothing better than the National Football League. And the fact that we're this close, we waited this long, and, and I'm a Jet fan. So for once, you have some excitement surrounding you know, the quarterback spot. Will Darnold pan out? Maybe we can get into it later. But there's excitement around, I think, both New York teams. And honestly, there's a lot of really interesting storylines surrounding the entire National Football League. And here in Houston, you know, there's a lot of excitement around Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt coming back from their injuries. And, and what could the Texans do? The NFC is loaded. There's so many storylines with so many different teams around the league. I'm just excited, man. I can't believe we're finally here. And, you know, when your listeners are going to be hearing this, we'll probably be just hours away from kickoff for uh, the Eagles and, and the Falcons, which would be a great opening game. Absolutely. And I guess it's slightly unfortunate that Carson Wentz will not be starting that game. I mean, he's so good. He's so electric. Everybody loves to watch him play, even if you have to hate watch him a little bit for some Giants fans. But there's something kind of nice to the fact that Nick Foles, the guy who led them to the Super Bowl last year, will be now the guy who leads them out of the tunnel in the first game. Something for me, not being an Eagles fan, being a Giants fan, I don't care. Put that aside. Something for me feels really satisfying that he is now leading them out of the gates to start a new season. I don't know if that's just me. Do you see that storyline, though? I agree with you, Pete. That's so funny that you brought that point up. I, I talked about this on my show over the weekend on uh, SB Nation Radio. Just honestly, before Wentz was ruled out, why would they play him in the first place, even if he is hypothetically cleared? And it's not to say that Wentz wouldn't be able to go out there and play well. It's just why rush the guy back? You want him to be your true franchise quarterback. You're thinking about the next 10 years, not the opening game on a Thursday. There's no reason to rush him back, even if he was cleared. So I'm happy Foles is playing, A, because I just think that makes sense. But B, to your point, I think Nick Foles has earned the right to be the week one starter. I'm not saying make him the starter for all 16 games, but you know what? This guy was a Super Bowl MVP. He beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Let him go out there with the ones. Let him go out there and and be under center for the opening game at home and and get the ovation he deserves because he earned it. He won a Super Bowl, and then he'll go back to being the only Super Bowl MVP in league history sitting on the bench. That is a funny way to put it at the end there. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait for that first kickoff. And, and then Sunday, with all the whole the whole slate from top to bottom, is going to be awesome. we got two games on Monday night. But before we get into the NFL Week 1 picks, let's talk some over-unders here. Now, we'll end off with the Jets and Giants so we can talk about your guy, Sam Darnold, Savor Sam. And we'll talk about the Giants as well because there's some there's mixed feelings about the Giants this year. What Are they going to be a playoff contender? Are they going to just make slight improvements from last year? Who the hell knows what Eli Manning is going to look like? But before we get back to the New York teams, Jake, who are or what are some of the over unders that really intrigue you for this season? So these were some some over unders. These odds are courtesy of uh, BetDSI.com. A little sponsor plug there, baby. They sponsor us here yeah, at SB Nation that's Radio. What I'm talking about. But um, so these were the top five over unders that I liked. I talked about them on my show over the weekend. Just looking at it real quick, I didn't put too much thought into these because I feel like if I did, they would be horrifically wrong. So maybe your listeners should fade me and go the other way. But <laughs> uh, my first one is the Texans. And I'm not just saying this because I'm seeing them up close. They're over under, according to Bet DSI, is eight and a half. I have over on that. I just think if this team is healthy and Deshaun Watson's the real deal, this could be a team that's 10 and six and wins that division. Maybe they're 11 and five if all goes right. I just look at this Houston team and I just see how talented they are on both sides of the ball and how healthy Deshaun Watson has looked this summer watching them up close. I think the Texans are going to be that team that wins that AFC South. Uh, and then a couple others for you. 
had the Bills under at six. This was before they officially announced Peterman, so I'm not sure if that line has changed at all. But I, I just look at where things stand with them and their quarterback situation with Josh Allen coming in, maybe questionable offensive line, tougher schedule after they went 9-7 and seven a year ago. I just don't think they're a great team. I have the Raiders under at 8, and this was before the Khalil Mack trade, so I'm yeah, not man. sure what the number is right it, now. It's down to but, 7, but I also locked them in at 8, so I'm very proud and happy that we're on the same there page you go. there. <laughs> that, like, that's a smart bet right there, right? So I, I'm taking the Raiders under. I think just John Gruden is either going to be great and surprise all of us or it could be a mess. I just don't think they're a great football team to begin with, and I think trading away Mack is clearly going to affect them. And then I have the Vikings over at 10. I just think the Vikings have gone out there. They loaded up on defense. I think Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. He's not great, but he makes them better. And I think the Vikings could be an 11 and five team and, and win that division. And then my last one is I have the Titans under at eight. I just don't love the Tennessee Titans. I've never been a big Marcus Mariota guy. It's a big year for him to see if he could take that next step in year four, but they were a playoff team a year ago. They went nine and seven, but that division was bad last year. You had no Andrew Luck. You had no Deshaun Watson once he blew out his knee. I just don't think Tennessee's as good as the Jags and as good as the Houston Texans. So I'm going to take the Titans under at eight. So those are five that I identified. No idea if there'll be any 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 uh, any close to being right on them, but those were five that stood out to me. Well, we have a lot to unpack there, and I want to circle back to the first one you brought up, the Houston Texans. So obviously you are close to the situation. I'm going to call you the Houston Texans insider. I believe when uh, you had me on your show a few months back, you called me the NBA draft expert. I don't know if that was fair or not, but I'm going to call you the Houston Texans expert right now. So what have you seen? Because I know people who play fantasy, people who just like the NFL, are very interested in this, but you mentioned it short in short. What have you seen from Deshaun Watson and how the Texans rally around him? And also, let's be honest, J.J. Watt is back right now, and he hasn't yeah. been healthy. Those are two guys who can galvanize a locker room. Clearly, Deshaun Watson did that last year when he was on the field. Have you felt like very positive vibes there so far this year? No doubt. And, you know, I've only been at, you know, training camp the last, you know, let's say about four weeks now. I've been at both their home preseason games, and one of them was the fourth game, which means absolutely nothing. Nobody plays. But anyway— uh, from what I've seen with this team, they look really locked in, and they are healthy. They're flying around the field. I like what they did in the offseason, adding the Honey Badger on defense. You know, Tyron Matthews, a veteran, he's he's fit in really well. That secondary is loaded with a lot of talent. And then I just look defensively. J.J. Watt looks great. I have no idea if he's going to be the old J.J. Watt that was a three-time defensive player of the year. But let's be honest, 75% of J.J. Watt, or what he was, is still better than most teams best pass rushers in the National Football League. So I think he's going to go out there and have a bounce-back season. They have Whitney Marshallis. They have Jadavian Clowney. I mean, this defense is loaded with a ton of talent, and that wasn't their issue why they were 4-12 and last year, despite the fact they lost so many guys to season-ending injuries. Their issues was their offense was terrible, and when they lost to Sean Watson, that's why it became terrible. He looks healthy. He looks like he's going to be a franchise quarterback in this league for years to come, and I love the fact that he has a number one guy that's quarterback proof in DeAndre Hopkins. Everyone knows his game. Fantasy players love the guy. doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. He's going to put up numbers. I think him and Watson could form the most dynamic quarterback receiver duo in the league this year. And then I look at a couple other guys on their offense. If you play fantasy, you might be interested. Will Fuller, he's healthy. And when he had an opportunity Deep to play with Deshaun Watson last year, he put up some big numbers. And I'll give you one more. Lamar Miller is going to be an every down back in this offense. And you might think, oh, well, he hasn't been great the last few years. He lost about 15 pounds this offseason. He's back to his playing weight when he was with the Miami Dolphins, when he was routinely a 1,000-yard rusher. I think he could be a guy in a PPR league 
could be a, you know, a, a lower end running back drafted a bit later that could have a really nice season. So I think offensively and defensively, really good team. It just all has to come together and we'll find out. All the tidbits here from Jake Asman. That's awesome. The one thing that makes me slightly, slightly nervous, but you hit it with the Titans. Uh, when you look at this division, you have the Titans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans. I mean, there's not a lot of weak teams. There's no team that you look at there and say, oh, they're a pushover. Even the Titans, who you said you like the under. Very fair pick. I definitely don't like the over for them. Uh, they're not a pushover, and they were in the playoffs last year, and Andrew Luck is back, and the Jaguars have one of the best defenses in the league, and Blake Bortles at times can be competent enough to win games and make it to an AFC Championship game. Sure. So the only thing that makes me nervous there is the fact that their division is so strong, but if you look at Andrew Luck's injury, Deshaun, and even if he's pretty healthy, Deshaun Watson might be the best quarterback in that division, and that can go a very long way. Yeah, he looks good, man, and and he's really cool to be around. And, and I'll tell you what, I think the reason why we're not all picking Jacksonville is because of Bortles. And I, I even talked about this on my show. You know, the Jags traded for Teddy Bridgewater. I think most people would pick them to win that division. I just think Bortles holds them back. We need to see Bortles go out there and, and do it once again this year. He had his moments last year. They won 10 games. But I'll give you this one stat on the Jags, why I don't love them. A year ago, they were 4-0 against the Texans and the Colts combined. Absolutely, I don't see that happening with Watson being back in Houston and with Andrew Luck being healthy again in Indianapolis. So, you know, the Jags could definitely be better this year. Their defense is loaded. Bortles maybe takes the next step, but I got to see it to believe it, so we'll find out. Absolutely, and that exactly goes that – you're backing up my point with some data. That's something I guess I don't do it enough. Thank <laughs> that for data, as Coach Fizdale would say. Shout out Fizz, the Knicks head coach, man. I love it. I love seeing him just like pop up randomly. Like he was at the U.S. Open yesterday with his wife, and he just pops up on my social media feeds. I'm like, yes, Fizz, bringing back some culture, baby. Um, but moving on to the next one, you, you mentioned the Bills, and I don't want to go too deep into this one just because I think a lot of people believe the Bills aren't going to be very good. But in regards to the rookie quarterback and those storylines that are very much so a thing in all of NFL fans' lives, but specifically yours, having one start for your Jets. Uh, Josh Allen, are you shocked that he is not going to be the starter there? You know, I got to be honest. I was a little surprised going into the last game that it was still kind of much of a debate, like, oh, who are they going to start? But I watched Josh Allen in that third preseason game, and he got hit on every single play. That line is brutal. It's tough to evaluate a rookie quarterback when you're dealing with such a terrible offensive line or an offensive line that has three new starters on it, like the Buffalo Bills do entering the season. So I, I, I get it in that standpoint. You don't want to throw a rookie out there and, and, and potentially stunt his development if he's not ready. But I, I just think Nate Peterman is not a good quarterback. And you drafted Josh Allen to be your guy. I would play him right away. The only reason why they aren't is because of that offensive line. And if you look at the Bills' schedule, they very easily could start 0-4. they got to go to Baltimore, home against the Chargers, at Minnesota, at Green Bay. That's just their first four games. Then they got to play the Titans and the Texans. I mean, talk about a difficult schedule to start it off if you're a rookie. So maybe that led into the decision. I just don't think they're a great football team, and that's why I'm riding the under with them. Absolutely, and I'm going to sprinkle in some of my picks here. So because we already mentioned the Jaguars, and I think I kind of made this clear already, I actually like their under. And uh, let me double check my number here. I'm pretty sure it's nine and a half, or is it down to nine here? Let me check. Uh, yeah, well, that's where I printed out a bad copy, like I mentioned to you before. I'm pretty sure their number's nine and a half. I had it here written somewhere. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's nine even. All right, so they're at nine even. And this is how I like to look at over-unders, and I'm going to get there with the Giants almost in a similar way, but quite the opposite as well. So the Jaguars are at nine. What do I see like their season being? Uh, I think the sweet spot for them is between seven and nine wins. 
I think their upside, though, with Blake Bortles, like you said, it's hard to see what their upside really is. Their upside is probably 10 wins. Can you imagine them getting more than a lot more than 10 wins? Can you see them going 11, uh, 11 wins, 12 wins, 13 wins after how healthy they were last year, after how lucky they were to be winning games with Blake Bortles at quarterback? So when I see nine, I think I like the odds of either pushing and they go nine and seven or that seven and nine, eight and eight sweet spot. And I think that's, that's what they are. I think they're average. When you balance not a great offense with a good defense, you might get eight and eight, and that's why I like the the nine there for the Jags. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. I, to me, would I be surprised if they went out there and went eleven and five? I can't say I'd be surprised. That defense is so good. I just I don't trust the quarterback, and I understand Bortles went out there last year and he got them to an AFC title game, but I just don't trust him to go out there and make big time throws at the end of the game. Now, could Leonard Fournette be better this year and help that offense? Sure. But they already lost Marquise Lee at wide receiver. I just don't love their team. Defensively, they're great. But I I, so I watched this a lot with Mark Sanchez and the Jets. They were winning games, basically, with having Sanchez just manage the game. And that works. But the most games the Jets ever won with Sanchez was 11. You know, I think the Texans are an 11-win team because of how balanced they are. So I, I don't know. I mean, could Jackson will be better than I think? Maybe. But I kind of agree with you. If I'm placing an over-under on it, I'm going to take the under. And uh, like we said, more with the division, that plays a big role as well. And uh, with the division in the AFC East, we're talking about the Bills a minute ago. Obviously, the Patriots are the class of the division there, but then you have Ryan Tannehill back from injury, and you have a rookie quarterback with the New York Jets. How much do those two teams play into the decision here, with the Jets being at six, or is it six and a half? Uh, the Jets are at six even. Um, like, Where do you think the Jets lie on that six-win over-under and especially in regards with the Dolphins being right in the middle there, too. You know what's so interesting? If the over-under for the Jets was 5.5, I think it would be good value to take the over. I think 6 is kind of maybe where they end up, kind of a 6-win team. Now, I think if everything goes right, the Jets could be 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. Maybe they could surprise some people. If Darnold's as good as we think he can be, and he's that good right away, maybe he has like an Andrew Luck 2012 type of rookie year, well, then – Things could change. The expectations could definitely change. They have a, a pretty good defense. They have solid wide receivers. I think the Jets receivers get a bad rap. I think they don't have a number one, but they have some guys that can go out there and make some plays. I just think everything has to go right for the Jets to probably be eight and eight, nine and seven. So I would say they're probably right at six. So I don't think there's a great value there one way or another. I wouldn't be surprised if they went seven to nine. I would stay away from that number at six, though. I think that's kind of accurate where the Jets could be if Darnold's average pedestrian shows some signs, but he's a rookie quarterback and you want to get the growing pains out of the way. So to expect him to come in and be great, I don't know if that's fair. And I, I think the Jets are still one year away with another offseason, another draft. They had the most cap space in the league, spend some big time money, put some playmakers and offensive line around Darnold. And a year from now, just like the Eagles were going into year two or the Seahawks were going into year two with their young quarterback, you're a legitimate championship contender. So this is a big year for the Jets. I'm excited to see what Darnold is. And then on the flip side, the Dolphins have a six and a half number, so it's right in that same that same zone. But obviously, they have the slight edge uh, according to Vegas. But the Jets have a plus one twenty odds on the over. So if you're a Jets fan and you think they're a six win team, my advice would be screw it, bet the over. You get a little money back if you win. It's plus one twenty. You're gonna be rooting for them all year. Yeah, you might hate yourself if you lose fifty bucks. Don't don't. Yeah, don't, why not? Don't put and, a lot. You know but I think they have a real chance. Like you said, I think they have a real chance to pull out seven. Who knows? Definitely. And what if they go nine and seven? Two thousand nine. Mark Sanchez, rookie quarterback. They went. They went to the playoffs. They went to the AFC Championship game. So you never know. I, I, what if Sam Darnold's as good as some people think he is? Tony Romo said he's gonna be the best quarterback in football one day. That guy played in the league for ten years. You know, he knows what he's talking about. 
you know, if he's right, and a lot of people feel that way about Darnold, and he's good right away, like some rookie quarterbacks have been able to be, then you know what? Maybe the Jets can win eight games, nine games, and be better than you think. So, you know what? I changed my mind. Bet the over on the Jets. Yeah, Why baby. not? Let's have some fun. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're not one of my specific picks, but like I said, if you're a Jets fan and you're like thinking about it, just do it because you know what? I don't think you're going to be, you're not going to become not a Jets fan if you lose because of that and they get five wins or you push with six. You'll be happy with it. But if they hit that over, you'll be ecstatic. So why the heck not? Go for it. The one thing though with Tannehill is there's not much to make about him right now coming off an injury. I mean, there were mixed reviews before he got hurt, right? Some people thought he wasn't as good. He also had them in the playoffs as a wild card one of the years in his career. So it's like, all right, does this guy have talent? Is this guy a watch? Is he going to be out of the league in three years? Like, who is Ryan Tannehill right now? But there's something to be said about quarterbacks who are in make-or-break seasons, and he's in a make-or-break season. And also, weirdly enough, the Dolphins shipped out some of their top talent. And Dominican Sue is gone. Jarvis Landry is gone. They're two giant personalities. They're two people who are now getting paid a ton of money. And there are two people who apparently Adam Gase did not love as far as schematics and locker room and all that jazz. So they're a team I can see Ryan Tannehill kind of galvanizing and coming together. And they can be a sneaky 8-8 eight and eight team who sneaks into the playoffs. Because the AFC, kind of random. It's going to be a little weird in the AFC this year. You got some yeah. top dogs, and then you got a bunch of decent teams that who knows how it's going to go? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't hammer the Dolphins over. I think, I think seven and nine is screaming Dolphins right now. But I, w- I wouldn't be surprised about that. And I just think too, there's always a team that surprises in the AFC. There's always a team that takes a step back. You have new teams in the playoffs every year. So you know, one of these teams in both conferences that no one's talking about is going to go on a run, win more games than we think. And if you could find that team, find some value with some of these odds, go for it. What do you got to lose? You got absolutely nothing to lose. Um, all right, so I want to talk about one more team in the AFC, just because I, I thought I I thought I had it all down here. I thought I was very anti Ravens. I was like, ah, I'm over Flacco. I don't like their offense. They don't have great weapons right now. I thought I was all over with the Ravens, but then I realized they were a player two from the playoffs last year. They were super close. There's a weird history of Flacco performing when he needs it most. When he has back against the wall, his contract's going to expire, or he has somebody, Lamar Jackson. Uh, crawling up to try to take his job. So I've been rethinking the Ravens here, and they're sitting at an over-under of eight. And I think, I think, I think, with the Steelers having some question marks with Le'Veon Bell not showing up, they have a chance to hit that over, and there is some value there. So I think the Ravens are one of my sneaky overpicks that if you asked me a week ago, I would have said, no way in hell, give me the under all day. But the Ravens are going to be my sneaky over this year. Not a bad pick. Listen, the thing with the Ravens is you're right about Flacco, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, they're a player away a year ago from going to the playoffs. They're a nine and seven football team. Yeah, I look at the Ravens and I, I just don't have a feel on them one way or another. I could see them being a playoff team. I can also just see them being yeah, six and ten, seven and nine. That's kind of what they've been the last few years, really, since that Super Bowl run where Flacco was incredible and he earned himself all that money. I don't have a great feel on the Ravens one way or another. I will say this. You know, you're right with the Steelers kind of being in flux right now. Who knows what they will be? Maybe they could still win early, and you still get a chance to play the Bengals and the Browns twice a year. So those should be at least three and one, you would think, on the schedule. So we'll see what the Ravens are. I don't think it's a terrible pick at all, though. I could definitely see them winning nine or ten games. And I also, I may have drafted Alex Collins on my fantasy team last night. I mean, maybe. I maybe now, maybe now I have a reason to root for him as well. <laughs> There you Who go. Knows, right? So you got you to gotta find your reasons to root every once in a while as well. Uh, randomly, I also find the Bengals kind of interesting because, you know, you're looking at rookie quarterbacks during the preseason, and then you see Andy Dalton just kind of like stroll out there and like just 
absolutely tear apart the preseason because, I mean, he's he's a true like professional. He's been around the block. He's been in the playoffs. And then you watch some rookie quarterbacks like Josh Allen like really struggle and look like they're lost in the preseason. And it kind of makes you remember like, oh yeah, Andy Dalton's not like a stud by any means, but the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, and you know what? Like Andy Dalton, I think gets a bad rap because he hasn't won in the playoffs. But there's something still to be said for a guy that's competent at the quarterback spot. There's not that many good quarterbacks in the NFL. That's why every team that doesn't have one does everything possible to try and get one. And I look at Andy Dalton as a guy that you probably can never win a Super Bowl with. But he's a solid quarterback. I think people rip on Dalton, and say, "Oh, he sucks. He's terrible." He's not terrible. Is he great? No, but he's definitely a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. He's not as bad as people make him seem. And I'm not just saying that because I too, like Andy Dalton, have red hair. I actually don't think he's terrible. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Are you do that? Do they call you the red rocket back in your day? Is that also uh, true? Andy Dalton and I, we have this kinship. So I feel, I feel obligated to defend him while at the same time acknowledging he's not a great quarterback, but he's not as bad as some people like to make him seem. That is great. I mean, I feel you. And AJ Green. You know what? When you got a stud like that, you got a connection, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, uh, my fantasy team, we need it. Let's just see if Vontez Burfitt cannot get suspended, even though he's already starting the year suspended. Of course. Um, another one I want to touch on before we get to the Giants real quick is the Vikings. You said you like their over, and this is my very unscientific take, and I do this from time to time where I don't have a lot of specific reasons. You're not taking anything for data. This is the only reason why I like the Vikings under. I'm going against you. They were extremely healthy on on defense last year. They had like this miracle run. Obviously, the big play against the Saints was Stephon Diggs uh, took that ball to the house to break the Saints' hearts. They are getting so much hype right now. Kirk Cousins is getting so much hype right now. He was just paid to no end. One of the well, it was the highest paid quarterback before Aaron Rodgers' new contract. And it's one of those things where I hear so much hype about a team that my internal, uh, like my internal brain, just goes, nope. Not that I have an external brain, but I think you know where I'm going. Uh, my in- internal <laughs> being just goes, I can't do it. I can't go with the flow there. I need to go against the grain. So if, if you keep hearing Vikings, 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 and you don't want to hear any more of it, my advice is bet the under because every year, like you said, there's a team that sneaks up and makes the playoffs. Also every year, there's a team that's a lock, and I'm doing air quotes, a lock to be a playoff team or a lock to win 12, and they kind of underwhelm or they go 8-8 eight and eight, or they just make the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. So the Vikings are my candidate for hitting the under by a smidge. They're going to be nine and seven, eight and eight. They're really talented. Kirk Cousins is as like as decent as you can be. He's not fantastic. He's very decent. So it's not a knock on him. But my unscientific take is Vikings under. So sorry, I had to go against you there. Not a terrible take. I'll tell you what. If they still stayed with Keenum, I would agree with you because I think they kind of just caught lightning in a bottle a bit last year with him. It was Pat Shermer calling the plays. He knew exactly what to do to get the best out of Keenum. We've never seen that. So I could see it there. The reason why I like the Vikings is because I just think that defense is just so loaded. If they stay healthy, obviously, just talented as any in the league. And I think Cousins is is a significant upgrade, even though Keenum was great last year. I can't rely on that year after year. I got to see it from Keenum and Denver now. I just think Kirk Cousins will give them some stability. Would I be shocked if they go 10 and 6 on the dot? No, but I just think that they're good enough to still be a double digit win team. And that's it. That's the, it's, the, it's really that half that really gets me. So I didn't even say the number uh, when we brought it up again. They're at 10 and a half right now. Oh, so, so you know what? Maybe maybe I'd stay away from that actually. That, maybe that, I'd stay away. It's that half. It really gets me in this specific scenario cuz it's like, all right, Kirk Cousins 10 and 6. Yeah, of course. Like that makes perfect sense. Kirk Cousins 11 and 5. Like, all right, like ooh, the Vikings are really good, but they lost Pat Shermer. 
And there's a couple things there that just don't exactly add up for me. So that's my against-the-grain, unscientific take. Go under on the Vikings. But Jake Asman joining me. Without further ado, let's talk about the New York Giants, who are sitting at seven right now. And I, I find it like I find myself being as unbiased as I can with m- mostly all things, but there's occasional moments uh, where I'm talking on this podcast or talking to friends where I just you, you can't help it. It's innate, and your bias comes out. But Jake, you being a Jets fan, you being a Big J journalist out there in Houston, SB Nation Radio, uh, I need you to tell me if I'm being biased or unbiased here. So the Giants are number is at seven right now. And similarly to what I said with the Jaguars, uh, I have a similar idea here. The Giants are a lot better than 3-13. and 13. Obviously, I think everybody thinks they're going to have at least double the wins. Maybe if all things go wrong, maybe five. But the sweet spot for them for me is 7-9, and 8-8, nine, 9-7. Eight and eight, nine and seven. I think 10 wins is their upside. I, I, I mean, they got 11 wins two years ago, but I wouldn't be exactly uh, confident to call them an 11-win team. I think their upside is 10 wins. That being said, I think their floor is much closer to 7 than it is to 5 or 6. I think 7 wins is their sweet spot, so I like the over for the Giants, and that's because I think the worst-case scenario is a push. And in betting world, if you push, you'll take it. Definitely. Is that biased? Uh, Unbiased? Am I being too much of a homer here? Like, because they got the weapons now. The defense should be healthier. I don't know. I don't think you're being a homer at all. And I'll tell you what, if I'm betting on this, I stayed away from this number because I just don't have a great, I, I have a feel for it, but I don't have a lot of confidence as I do in some other lines. I would take the Giants over. What concerns me about the Giants is nothing to do with the talent that they have. It's their schedule. I think if they get off to a really slow start, it could be a long season. Their schedule, the first couple weeks, uh, it is just brutal. They open up with Jacksonville. Then they got to go to Dallas, at the Texans, home against the Saints, at the Panthers, home against the Eagles. Then they got to play a game at Atlanta. So they don't really get a, a, a game where you feel, all right, the Giants are, are definitely the better team until they play the Redskins, and that's a division game. So you look at their schedule. It is really, really tough. So can I see the Giants being a team that – you know, goes nine and seven, ten and six is a playoff team in the NFC. I could see it, but I think the Giants are closer to eight and eight than they are a ten win team. Absolutely. I just think the NFC is loaded. Their schedule is really tough. And I need to see Eli do it. I know we talk about the offensive line being better and Odell and Barkley. I love Eli. Eli's one of my favorite athletes in New York sports of all time. I need to see him do it because the Giants went from, oh, we got to evaluate Davis Webb and Geno Smith because we think Eli's done too. Oh, Eli can now play three, four more years. So yeah, I, what is I'm it? With, like, I want to see what there. Eli Manning is before I anoint the Giants. I would take the over, but I think they're closer to eight and eight than ten wins. If that makes sense. Absolutely, and that's, that's, I guess that's kind of how I feel too, to be honest. But I think the eight and eight sweet spot is where I'm banking right now. But you know what's funny for me as a Giants fan, I find myself between a rock and a hard place quite often because I have Giant fan friends who will defend Eli to no end. And I get it. I mean, he won us two Super Bowls. He's brought us two like the greatest moments of my life, like as a sports fan, because the Mets haven't won anything since I've been alive and God knows the Knicks haven't won anything. So I listen, I get it. But like you said, it's been years since he's been that guy. It's been a long time, and there's been plenty of moments in between now and then where he's looked straight-up bad. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. He has looked bad, not good. He looks like he can't move. When he sees a defender uh, coming at him, this is actually one of his better qualities. He goes limp and just falls and takes the hit, which is smart. That's why he's so healthy all the time. But I'm with you. The Davis Webb thing, I had friends tell me last year, oh, don't worry, he's good enough to be the future. And I'm saying, uh, 
we have the second pick. Why don't we take Sam Darnold? Why don't we take Josh Rosen? And now we have Barkley, and I will never complain about having a talent like Saquon Barkley. But when the New York Jets, or if the New York Jets, in 10 years are still sending out Sam Darnold to be their quarterback last year, and Saquon Barkley's career is on the way down or over, what are we going to be saying about that? What are we going to be saying about the New York Giants quarterback situation? Yeah, maybe they'll hit on one or Kyle Oletta becomes the next guy, which is unlikely. If Sam Darnold's that guy, it's going to sting, and we're going to have to see it up close and personal in the same stadium when we're not there. Yeah, and, and listen, I have I said this before the draft. I stand by it now. I'm never going to change my mind. Saquon Barkley, I think, will be a great player. There's no doubt. But I'll give you a couple of examples. Look look what's going on in Pittsburgh right now. If Saquon Barkley's at his best, right, he's Le'Veon Bell. Let's say he's as good as Le'Veon Bell. Future Hall of Famer, Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers don't want to give this guy a second contract. He's 27 years old because the shelf life of a running back, it thins quickly. And you need to win a championship with a franchise quarterback over a great running back. So even if Barkley's great, if Sam Darnold is just good and just gives the Jets a chance to go to the playoffs every year, just gives them competent quarterback play, I still think the Jets made the right decision. And the Giants will regret, obviously, not taking a quarterback. It doesn't have to be Darnold. But the fact that Mayfield went one and the consensus best quarterback available was on the board after you're coming off a 3-13 and season, to me, it was a no-brainer. As much as I love Eli, Eli's 37. He'll be 38 by the end of the year. You could lock up your franchise to go from, you know, Favre to Rodgers, to go from Montana to uh, to Steve Young. I mean, the Giants were in that same position where they could have went from Eli for 15 years to the next franchise quarterback you hope for the next 10 to 15 years. I think they made a mistake, and I like Barkley. I just think you're right. They're going to ultimately regret not taking a quarterback. And if Sam Darnold's as good as we think he can be, then, oh, my God, Giants fans are going to have to hear the – never going to hear the end of it from tormented Jets fans that have been sitting there for 50 years not having a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath retired. I mean, that's where we're at. And I don't think I actually finished my point before I got too carried away. That's my. That's where I am at between the rock and the hard place where I find myself bashing the Giants or actually like downplaying who Saquon Barkley can be because of how I felt about the other aspect of it. So I don't want to bash Eli, but when some fans and friends of mine specifically are saying how he could still be this good— I just can't let it slide, and I get frustrated that I actually start bashing my own team, and it hurts. It hurts my feelings. But um, also, another point on the quarterback thing with the Jets and the Giants, I think it would have been so amazing. It would have been so electric in this city, on the talk radios, on the tabloids. I think it would have been national stories if both the Jets and the Giants drafted a quarterback. Can you imagine the freaking fanfare if it was Darnold and Rosen, Jets-Giants, or vice versa, whichever way it played out. Let's say the Jets, you guys have them, so you guys can have Darnold. Give us Rosen and give us 10 years of these guys playing in the same stadium? Like, that would have been so electric. And God forbid they were both solid to great. I mean, it would have been legendary like no other time in New York football history. It would have been yeah, but, amazing. Yeah, but I'll tell you what now, Pete. Like, what's going to happen is, and it's not even the fault of Barkley. Barkley's always going to be compared to Darnold. And I'll, t- I'll give you this. Let fair. me know if you agree with this. Yeah. If Saquon Barkley is a Hall of Fame running back, but Sam Darnold is a very good quarterback, the, val- the more valuable player is still Darnold, even though Barkley's a Hall of Famer. And here's the other thing. The only thing that would stop us from saying the Giants made a mistake by not taking – Darnold 
And if Darnold ends up being really good, is if the Giants win a Super Bowl within the next two years of this Eli Manning era? Because if they win a title, then you don't care what Darnold does. You right. got yourself a championship. That's all that matters. But if they don't win with Eli after they went all in with Eli by re-signing Beckham, improving the offensive line, drafting a running back at number two, then it's a huge mistake because Eli's going to retire. And I'm sorry, Davis Webb was supposed to be your savior. You cut him. Kyle Valletta was a fourth-round pick. Maybe he's solid. Chances are he's probably not. What are you going to be doing trying to find your franchise quarterback? So I warned every Giant fan, you want the quarterback. You don't want to be the Jets and, and having to go through year after year of not having a quarterback. It's been torture my entire life, man. And I, I don't want that to happen to the Giants, but I'm worried something like that could happen if they don't win a title in two years with Eli. And frankly, if Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham are as good as they can be, they can push the Giants to not reach that top draft pick level because they're so good. But sure. they're they could push the Giants not far enough to be that championship contender. So that's yeah, you'll where, be in the middle of the pack. And that's where you just don't want to be. I mean, I know they say that's purgatory in the NBA, but it can be purgatory in all of sports if you're just stuck in mediocre, mediocrity. Uh, last thing on the over-unders, and we got to make some picks here. Um, like we were talking about with the AFC East, you know, the Bills are at six, the Jets are at six, the Dolphins are at six and a half, the Patriots are in their old world. That's kind of how the NFC East is here, too. The Giants are at seven. The Redskins are at seven. The Cowboys are at eight and a half, which I personally find high. And that is my last one. That is an under for me. Eight and a half. I mean, who's Dak Prescott throwing the ball to? They're already a little banged up on the O-line. Their defense is never that great. Zeke's fantastic. But eight and a half? I mean, ooh, that really stings for me. I can't I can't uh, go with that over for the Cowboys. But my main point there is everyone thinks the Eagles are in their own category. Sure. You got eight and a half, seven and seven as projected win totals from Las Vegas. That's tough, man. And that sounds like there's three or four teams beating up on each other. And that's in the AFC East and NFC East alike, obviously taking off the Patriots. But it seems like they're all going to beat each other up, which helps nobody in the long run. Yeah, I think Dallas is such a tough line. Eight and a half. I think they're an eight and eight team. I would stay away. I think if all goes right, maybe they could be nine and seven, ten and six. I don't love their wide receivers. I don't love their defense, and they have injuries to Sean Lee every year. I just don't trust them. And you're right. Their offensive line was a staple, but they're dealing with some issues there, injuries and and just things out of their control with like what ha- what's going on with Travis Fredericks. But Zeke is great. Dak, let's see what he could be in year three. Is he going to be the Dak of his rookie year with the great run game and he was making big-time plays? Or is he going to be closer to kind of what he was last year, which was an above-average quarterback but not great? Let's see what he is in year three. He's the key to their team. If he takes the next step and he is better than what he's been and he plays like a top 12 quarterback in the league, then I think Dallas is probably a 10-win team. But if he's okay and he's kind of what he's been the last year or so, then I think Dallas is probably between seven to nine wins and nine I think is a little more unlikely than seven or eight. So Dallas is interesting, man. They can, they can either go really good or it could be kind of meh. I'm, I'm curious to see what goes on there. And we have to remember that though Alex Smith doesn't typically light the world on fire, he does win regular season games. Yeah. He really does. And he's the Redskins quarterback. And to be honest, if we're talking regular season, obviously because Alex Smith has had his woes in the playoffs, I'd take Alex Smith over Kirk Cousins, I think, about just winning regular season games and not turning it over and just being solid and consistent, picking up the first down at the feet. He's going to be a pain in the ass to play. Like, you don't want to go into Washington and have to beat him. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be an easy win. I agree. Point by you. I talked about this on a, on a previous show. I did. Alex Smith is not a great quarterback, but he's also not this game manager that people want to label him as. Maybe earlier on in his career, he was a quote unquote game manager. Maybe when he was with the 
49ers that first year that Harbaugh was the head coach there. Alex Smith's a quality NFL quarterback. The guy wins a ton of games. Is he great in the postseason? No. Does he sometimes check the ball down too much and not try and air it out? Yeah. But there's something to be said for a guy that's that's going to complete in the high 60s in his completion percentage. He's going to go out there and give you a chance to win pretty much every game. I like Alex Smith a lot. I think he's another guy that gets a bad rap. He's a solid NFL quarterback, and solid is good enough to win eight games in this league. If the Redskins go 8-8, eight eight, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Absolutely. And uh, Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio, SBNationRadio.com, SB Nation Radio app. Check that out. Check out his show. And, uh, you know, actually, you know, a great way to figure out when he's on is to follow him on Twitter, at Jake Asman. Easy. J-A-K-E-A-S-M-A-N. I'm sure you got some uh, jokes throughout your days of uh, what type of man you are as well. Oh yeah, similar, I've heard it all. Similar I've seen the Seinfeld to- <laughs> episode. You know, you got you got to just it comes with the territory. John Dostremski, who we both know at uh, WFAN, he does a great job as you know the overnight host. He calls me the ass man on the other side of the glass when I would run the board for him. Oh so, yeah. You know, Chernoff's not listening that late, but it was uh, it was always very funny. <laughs> I guess we also know that he's not listening to this podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm sure you and Stephen A. Smith can, if you ever meet him, you can talk about the bottom feeder ways of being the, <laughs> being the ass man. <laughs> um, but one more question for you before we start making our week one NFL picks. You are in Houston. That is where SB Nation Radio is headquartered out. That's where you do your show. That's the the town you've been hanging around, the team you've been hanging around. How much influence do the Dallas Cowboys have even in Houston? I've always been curious about that dynamic, and uh, even though you're a New Yorker at heart, what's your insight being a Texan now? So what, from what I've been able to gather and what I've been able to see, the majority of people here in Houston are Texans fans. Okay. They're all in with the Texans, people who are for the Texans. However— if you go to San Antonio, which is about two and a half hours from Houston, it's all Cowboys, and they don't care about the Texans there, which I find fascinating. So basically, if you leave Houston and the areas surrounding Houston, it then becomes totally Cowboys country. But for the actual city of Houston and the towns surrounding it, the suburban areas surrounding the city of Houston, it's all Texans. But once you get out, it's all Cowboys. Interesting. It makes sense, though. It really does. Right, I guess. I mean, you could find Cowboys fans anywhere. So, if you're in Texas, I guess more often than not, you'll be running into Cowboy fans, unless you're in Houston. That is true, and they are America's team. They say. I don't know about that one, but that's what they say. That's what they. That is what they say. That is what they say. All right, good stuff. Um, again, Jake Asman, you know, you know where to find him. SBNationRadio.com. Check him out, and at Jake Asman on Twitter. Is that also your Instagram name? Because I know you, you post some cool videos on your Instagram as well, from when you're yeah. in the press it's conferences. Just, I make it easy. Just my name, and that's how, that's how we do it. That's how the cookie crumbles. Beautiful thing. All right. NFL, week one. Jake, I'll open it to you. Just give me one. We'll go back and forth. Back and forth. We, we shall alternate here. Give me one pick that you like, whether it's tonight's Thursday night game or a Sunday game or Monday game, whatever you prefer. I want you to start us off. Give us your first NFL week one pick. All right, here we go. So I'm going to start with Baltimore and Buffalo. The line, as of right now, is 7.5 favoring the Ravens. That game is in Baltimore. I'm going to lay the 7.5. I'm going to take the Ravens. Now, I don't think the Ravens are a great team. I just don't like the Bills. Road game for Nate Peterman. I don't think he's going to play well. Maybe it's a game for a half. I just think the Ravens at home, first game of the year, they'll be able to find a way to win by more than a touchdown. I see that game being maybe you know 27 27- 14, 27, uh, maybe 20, 27, 10. I just don't think the Bills offense is going to put up that many points. I don't think the Ravens are great, but I think they're better than the Bills. So I will take Baltimore minus seven and a half. 
Nice. And I didn't I didn't uh, pick that as one of my three, but I was looking at it. And one thing that kind of gives it away from me, and it kind of goes to your score prediction there, the over-under is 40.5 on this, right? So in theory, if it's a 40-point game combined between the two teams, how many do you expect the Bills to score? If the Bills are going to win this game, it likely has to be an ugly one. It likely has to be uh, 17 to 14, sneak out a win at the last minute. Like, is Nate Peterman lighting up the Baltimore Ravens and and, uh, and John Harbaugh? Like, it doesn't sound likely to me. So when I see that over-under, I see 7.5. It adds up for me. It's a likely uh, equation. What I would do is buy – I'm a, I'm a point buyer, Jake. I like to buy the points. I like to catch ah. my back. I'm making that at least 7 so that if they win by a flat touchdown, I'm at least pushing. But to be quite honest, I'll probably buy a full point point, make that 6.5 because I could see a nice 7-point win right there. But I, I like Not the bad. Ravens. Not bad. I, I got to get into the point buying. I'm always afraid to do it, and then you lose, and then you're losing even more money because I'm a wimp. But maybe I'll be more aggressive on this, and I'll, I'll take the Pete Kennedy buy a point strategy here. Hey, man, you just wait until that one time where you had a seven and a half point spread and they win by seven, but you bought a point, man. Oh, boy. That feels good. So, hey, let me know how it goes. I'll have you back on in a couple of weeks, maybe. We'll talk about it. All right. So, my first pick of the week is I'm just going to, I'm going to get this off the, off the board here. Uh, and it's in regards to this Thursday night game. It's tonight. It's the Falcons. It's the Eagles. And the spread is freaking me out. It really is because it started at three in the Eagles' favor. Obviously, we know Carson Wentz is not playing. We talked about it before. And when it was three, and the Falcons were getting those three points. I'm like, you know what? I'm all over it. Give me the Falcons. Just give it to me. I'll, I'll buy a point if I have to. I don't even feel like I have to. And then all of a sudden, it was two and a half. And then it was two. And then this morning, it was one and a half. And now, Jake, you and I are sitting here Wednesday night. It's down to one point. So, typically, and I think old Pete, this is new Pete now. This is new Pete in a new season. Old Pete would have <laughs> been panic mode. You know what? I like the Falcons. I guess everybody likes the Falcons. I need to get off the Falcons. But no, I'm sticking to my guns in week one. I'm going with Matt Ryan. I like the Falcons in general this year, and I think a week one is a perfect time to attack the Eagles in their home crowd. They actually played a really good game against them in the playoffs last year. People forget. So I'm going Falcons, even though it's only one point now. I think they're going to win outright. I think the Falcons are going to win outright. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad pick. And I'll say this. We saw this last year with New England and the Chiefs. The Chiefs really took it to them in that opening night game. I wouldn't be surprised one way or another. I don't look at the preseason that Nick Foles had and say, oh, my God, he's back to being a bad quarterback. I don't buy into it. I just think there's a lot of hype surrounding the Eagles. They lost some new co- They lost some coaches in the offseason. Maybe they're off to a slow start. I think Atlanta's a good play. I'm not personally picking that game, but if you go Atlanta, even on the money line at that point, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. Yeah, and basically that was me fighting with myself to not flop because I liked them last week, and if I thought they were going to win outright last week, Nothing's changed except the line and what perception uh, amongst people has changed. So I need to stick to my guns, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so, Jake, back to you. What's your second NFL pick of the week? Ah, uh, second pick. Ah, uh, this is tough. This is tough. All right, here we go. Here's my second pick. I am going to take the New Orleans Saints at home. This is similar to my line of thinking with that Ravens-Bills game. So the Saints right now, I have it. They're laying 10.5. They're hosting Tampa Bay. I think the Saints at home, Superdome, their expectations to go out there being great. Tampa Bay not having Winston and Fitzpatrick under center. I I think this could be a disaster. I really think the Saints can go up big in this game. They could run the football, eat some clock. They could beat you with Drew Brees. I don't know if the Saints are going to be as great as some think they might be. I think a lot of people have them in the Super Bowl. I got to see it. Let's see what they could be this year. I know they're talented. But I do think there is some value here with that line being 10.5. 
This might be a game that I would probably buy a point down the 10 just to be safe. Maybe buy that half a point to kind of do the little Pete Kennedy there on that That's one. But I'm I saying. do like the Saints in this game. Well, actually, you know what? And I'll give you a good information here. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what you have over there, but I'm looking at nine and a half for the Saints right now. So okay. If it's moved since when you checked, that could be good for you. Could be good, good for value you there. So I like it at nine and a half. Then even better. There we go. And I mean, come on. I know you know Fitz Magic, Fitzpatrick, whatever. He went to Harvard. Yada yada yada. <laughs> uh, how much faith we got in the him in the Bucks? You can't have much faith, right? Like if you saw. One game out of all these games where it was like forty to ten or forty to three, like it's Saints Bucks. It's Saints at home dominating the Bucks. That's the one. That's the blowout game. I'm with you there. I, I just listen. Ryan Fitzpatrick still gives me nightmares for his Week 17 game against the uh, the Bills with the Jets in 20 uh, 2015. I can never root for the guy. Nice guy. Love the beard, but I'm taking the Saints. Give me, I'll lay the points. Give me Drew Brees and New Orleans at home. Absolutely. I like it, too. Uh, it's a lot of points, and that always kind of is a little scary, but sometimes some, like that's so many points in a football game, but it's not enough points to where if you think a team's going to blow somebody out to scare you away, and that's a blowout exactly. game for me. So I like, I like the pick. My next pick here is going to be uh, a, a team that I didn't talk about during the overrunners. I don't think they even got brought up at all, even in like a secondary role. Um, the Carolina Panthers are home against the Dallas Cowboys, currently three-point favorites, and I like the Panthers this year. I think Cam Newton is similar to Joe Flacco in the sense that he performs best when people don't think he's going to do it or they think he's done or they're like, ah, oh, we saw the best of Cam Newton. I think that is exactly the moment where he turns it to the next level. I think he's actually a sleeper MVP candidate this year, and I think he comes out extremely hot this year, uh, and Dallas not being at home, they've proven they can win on the road, and Dak Prescott has uh, ice in his veins, if anything else. So it's tough to kind of go against them. They keep things close, but three points ain't that much. It's kind of like the home gimme. Three points is just a toss-up. That means the Panthers are home team. I like I like them. I like Cam. I like what the Panthers can do, and their defense is as solid as it can be. That's a great pick. I, I don't disagree with you there at all. I think the Panthers could be really, really good, and People forget. I mean, they were a playoff team last year. They they went they went out there and, and they played really well. They were just in a, in a division that had the Falcons and had the Saints going out there. And I think the Saints won 12 games. The Carolina Panthers are, are a damn good football team. And I love what they did with Norb Turner being brought in to be their offensive coordinator. I think that will be really helpful for Cam Newton. I'll give you my last pick here because I know we're doing three. And I think you're going to like this one. Right, I'm going to take it. your New York Giants. So oh, I have it yes. at three and a half right now. They're getting three and a half points at home against the Jaguars. I think there's so much hype surrounding Jacksonville. You had Jalen Ramsey's comments. I can see the Giants at home, Pat Shermer's debut, a better offensive line. I can see a turn back the clock type of game from Eli Manning. And I think the Giants at home, even if they don't win the game, you're going to give me a home team with, I think, the better quarterback with Eli better than Bortles getting three and a half points. I'm going to take that home team. So give me the Giants. I think they went outright, but I will certainly take those three and a half points. I try my absolute hardest, and I do pretty well. I don't bet the Giants. like w- Whether for or against them, I just don't do it. I can imagine you might do similarly with the Jets if, if, you, mm-hmm. if you ever get there. like Because it's your own team, you know, the one week where you're like, oh, they're screwed. Like They're going to get smoked. You bet against them, and they shock the world, and they beat them. So I personally don't bet the Giants almost, like, basically never. If I'm at the game, I'll throw some bills just for funsies. That's it. But what has really, really excited me about this game is that national host. I'm talking, like, the cowherds of the world. Like, the guys who don't do New York shows. They do national shows. And if anything, they they favor, like, L.A. Some, in some of these aspects here. But 
they're all talking that this is one of the more intriguing matchups to them on Sunday. And it's at one o'clock. I'll be having the privilege of working this game from the fans. So I'll be I'll be right there. I'll be in the newsroom cutting up the Giants highlights as we speak. But I am just excited that people are excited for this game and they see it as an intriguing matchup. And I'm more happy that my man Jake picked the Giants. Well, I'll tell you what, you're gonna have a chance to cut up the soothing voice of Bob Papa in that WFAN newsroom. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be tr- it's gonna be tremendous. Hopefully the offense shows up and they give you some scores to cut off. Maybe Barkley gets his uh his first career touchdown, OBJ's back. I can see the Giants winning this game. I listen. Jaguars are a really good team. I don't love Bortles, and I just think the Giants at home getting three and a half points is a good play. Why not? Absolutely. I like it. I like what I'm hearing from over here. All right, so my last pick, you did three, correct? I'll do my last one here. And then my favorite, everybody's favorite, the no-touchy. The game that you just can't imagine betting on because you think you know, but then you don't know, and you don't even want to know what's going to happen. So we'll get to that in a minute. But my last pick is uh, I don't know where like this one originated from within me here. But I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks on the road in Denver as underdogs. So the Seahawks are in this weird place right now where they have like a lot of down energy being thrown at them. You know, it's like outside of Shaquem Griffin getting the nod as being the starting linebacker for them. That's obviously been a super cool story. The Nike ad came out today. That was really cool. And just it's, it's, it's a fantastic story. Other than that, it's like, oh, Russell Wilson's going to be running for his life. Oh, the defense isn't as good as it used to be. Oh, the Seahawks are this and that, and the Rams are so good. The 49ers are so good. And I'm like, you know what? When you have Russell Wilson at the helm, it's really hard to go against them. And people don't look at this Broncos team as some barn burners. So I see the Seahawks getting points, even though it's at Denver, tough place to play. Russell Wilson ain't scared of nothing. He's going to come out there and ball. I'm going to buy a point to four because I see that being a three-point game if they do lose, but I ain't shocked if they win it. So I like Seattle getting some points here. It's a good pick, and I I, th- I think Seattle is one of those teams where we're going to find out just how damn good Russell Wilson is this year. We know he's a great quarterback. We know he's won a Super Bowl, played in two of them, but he really is on his own. He's got to go out there, and the Seahawks for years were a, def- a defensive-minded team. That has totally changed. So I like Seattle. Let's see what they could be. I think they're still the third-best team in that division. I'm much higher on, the, obviously, the, the the other teams that are out, that are out west, but – I do think that the Seattle Seahawks are, aren't a bad football team, as some has tried to kind of point that light and say that they're, they're a terrible team. I don't see that. I'll give you my no touchy, though, because this is tough. I'm with you that I never bet on my team. I'll never bet a Jet game. Um, so I, will, I won't count that as my no touchy because I never touch it. This is a game <laughs> I'm struggling with, though. The Texans and the Patriots, man, I think this could be one of the better games of the day. Now, the line is six and a half. And I think the Texans are going to be really good. New England's getting six and a half. The game's in Foxborough. I really thought about betting the Texans here. The reason why I'm not going to touch it is just maybe because I have Patriots phobia being a Jet fan. I don't know. I just I think that line is perfect. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. And if it comes down to, you know, one possession game, I think that six and a half line is is like right there. Perfect. So I don't have a great feel for this. I could see the Texans pulling off the upset. They nearly beat them last year in Foxborough. But I also can then see the Patriots being like, we're back. You know, all the talk about our demise going out there and just winning a, winning a game at home in front of their hometown fans. So yeah, Chris Hogan, I'm staying away from that game. <laughs> I feel you. That is honestly like, it's the perfect no touchy. I'm going to pick another one. It wasn't mine, but you're, especially for you, you're getting pulled in two directions. You have been at Houston camp all year. You obviously have a, a, a hometown disdain for the Patriots. The Texans have this history of playing the Patriots particularly well. 
Uh, Deshaun Watson's back. There's hype around that. And then you think about it, it's like, but you're never going to be shocked if the Patriots win by 10. And they're at home, and it's so tough to pick a road team to go into Foxborough and win. It just is. And I know, like, you're laying the, you're getting the points if you're the Texans, and it's a fun team to bet on because they're, they're like, relatively young with Will Fuller running deep, and he's a little healthier now. Even though I think, is he a little banged up actually at the moment? I think he's a little, he's fully up. healthy. He's, he's, uh, he's day to day. He will play week one. He'll be fine. That, that's good to hear. So I feel you. That's a tough one to, to really pick a side because as, as much as you want to be like, hey, Texans have a shot to upset this or keep it close and cover the spread. Then you turn around and just get burned by the Patriots once again. And it's a tough thing to live with. So I feel you on that no touchy. My no touchy may surprise some people, but it's the number that really kept me away from it here. So everybody loves the Rams. Right? Is anybody saying here, you know, the Rams are going to be trash? Some people are saying, oh, maybe they'll have some chemistry issues with the new uh, talent they've brought in and they've paid some people a lot of money and things happen. I get it. But everybody's also saying the Raiders are going to be trash. People are not happy with Gruden. They're saying you can't sit out 10 years and come back and coach and this and that. And I'm here for all of that. I get it. I think the Rams are going to be really good. I happen to really like Jared Goff this year. I happen to take the Raiders under on the season. But it's a four-point spread. The Raiders are getting four points. I mean, I know it's in Oakland, but the Rams are supposed to be the best offense in the league, have some of the best defensive talent in the league, and you're telling me it's a four-point spread even in Oakland when the fans are probably going to boo Gruden to start the game because Khalil Mack's <laughs> in Chicago? I mean, I saw four. I thought it was going to be like six and a half. That was going to be maybe seven. And I saw four. I just panicked. I am running the opposite direction. I'm I'm more likely to bet on that Jets Lions game. That four just scares the hell out of me, and I am a no touchy. Yeah, you know what? I I don't blame you. I think when everyone is so convinced of an outcome, it usually goes the other way, and that's a game that every better is going to be. Or every, I think the Sharks will be like you and be like, I'm not touching it. Or they'll take the Raiders four and a half at home. Right. I think a lot of people that are just like, oh, let me gamble on this. The Raiders they traded away Khalil Mack. Rams are a good team. They'll be on the Rams. I'm not touching that game either. That would probably be right there in my top three no-touchy list if we had three of them. And it's the same reason why I wouldn't touch the Bears right now. It's when too much hype gets thrown onto uh, something because there's a lot of press. I just got to stay away because it gets swayed too much. Your thoughts get all jumbled up. And uh, like you said, the Sharks are, are either not touching it or going to Oakland. I, I had to imagine. Or they're the smart ones and saying that, oh, Pete Kennedy, you're dumb. Just listen to what's in front of your face and bet the Rams. But you know what? If the Rams win by 30 points, I'm going to sit here and say, you know what? I didn't lose. <laughs> there so- you go. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes that's a win. <laughs> oh, man. Jake, you know what? I'm pretty proud of us because we got through a bunch of over-unders and we got through three NFL picks apiece and some no-touchies here. Hour, two minutes. That's not bad. Hour, three minutes. Not bad. We went out there. We talked sports. We talked NFL. I mean, that's what it's all about, baby. That's why. That's why. Uh, that's why we have fun doing it. Give me, give me a, a good elevator pitch for the Jake Aspen Show on SB Nation Radio. Um, if you like fun, you like sports, you want to just you know uh, talk talk about interesting topics in sports. Not have someone scream at you or preach to you. Just someone that wants to just have a conversation. Take your tweets. Take your calls. Uh, try and have some big time interviews that will enhance. Uh, the, the topic of the day and whatever is going on in sports. I think I'm your guy, Pete, but I'm a little biased. I mean, I think if uh, somebody's listening for a whole hour here, they they may be convinced already. It's been a blast to have you on. Hopefully we'll do this again sometime. I mean, it's been very fun. And this is week one picks, man. This is it. This is what sets the tone. 
Usually, uh, I mean, based off last year, it turned out that the week two picks were a big hit. But I think this year, maybe some people might be expecting it this year. Week one picks, Jake Aspen, SB Nation Radio. It's going to be a hit. It's going to be a lot of people. I hope so. We will certainly find out, my friend. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. This was a lot of fun. That's it. And maybe uh, when the Yankees playoff run comes around, we'll get you back in to throw some fire out here for some Yankees. And uh, you predicted it. You said you said it that they have as good a chance as anybody once they get there to take it. They got to get in, survive the wild card game. But I think in a five game series with extra off days and the Yankees bullpen, they could be fine. They match up well with the Red Sox. I don't trust David Price in the big game. I know you don't. So we'll certainly find out. You know who else doesn't trust David Price in a big game? Who's that? David Price. (laughs) Yeah, he's too busy playing Fortnite and getting (laughs) carpal tunnel syndrome. (laughs) All right, Jake Asman. Find him on Twitter, Instagram, at Jake Asman, J-K-E-A-S-M-A-N, and SBNationRadio.com, the SB Nation Radio app. Jake, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, my man. Anytime.